we did talk about literally just going to city hall with like two friends. But because if we got married in Canada, Sam's parents couldn't be there. If we got married in the States, my parents couldn't be there. We just, we thought like a small wedding really wouldn't be fair because how would you then choose? Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. Today on Bride to Ben, we have Joanna Reardon, who got engaged during the pandemic this past June. Joanna and her fiance, Sam, planned to have a short engagement and get hitched in 2020, but their plans were flipped upside down. Sam's original proposal timing was interrupted by ring production delays as a result of shelter in place. Needless to say, their plans fell outside of their control this entire year. But one thing is for sure, Joanna and Sam's love for one another has only grown stronger, whilst spending six days on average of six feet apart from one another in their San Francisco apartment. Joanna, it's such a pleasure to have you on the Bride of podcast. I gave everyone a sneak peek into your original engagement plans but there's so much more for you to tell. But before we just jump into the details of your engagement and wedding planning, let's take a step back. Take us back and share with us how you and Sam first met. Sure, it's a fun story that I like to tell. So I was living in Vancouver at the time. He was living in San Francisco and we were both on bachelor and bachelorette parties in Whistler. And so he was up there with his buddies and I was up there with my girlfriends and we met As all great relationships start in a dingy bar, our parties were kind of chatting and we got to talking and kind of saw each other throughout the weekend as our parties kept running into each other. And yeah, I was, I had quit my job in Vancouver and was looking at opportunities in San Francisco. So everything kind of fell into a place and I moved down a couple of months later. Would you have to give credit to Sam for the reason you like quit your job and moved to SF? No, this was pre-Sam. So I I quit my job and kind of took the winter off and was skiing and hanging out and had been looking at opportunities in San Francisco. So I think when I, maybe when we met and I heard he was from San Francisco, my eyes might lit up a little bit. (laughs) Like, oh, great. (laughs) Yeah. But no, that was kind of in the works pre-Sam. Nice. So then when you got to San Francisco, were you already dating Sam or? Yeah. So we kind of were texting and then I've been kind of looking at jobs down there. And so I came down and spent a weekend with him and kind of tied in some networking meetings on my visit. And then the next time I came was a couple of weeks after that for a job interview. And then I got that job and we had a couple of months there where we were waiting for my visa to come through. So he came up to Canada and visited. I came down to SF one more time and then I finally made it here. So. That's awesome. I love it. So how long did you guys date before you got engaged? A little over two years. We met spring of 2018. Yeah, and got engaged in June. So Nice. All right. I want to hear the whole plan of how the proposal went down. (laughs) 
sure. So we had been to the ring designer together. So I, I certainly knew that things were in the works. I mean, we're mid thirties. Like we, we talked about our wedding and wasn't a huge surprise that it was coming for, for sure. And so we had sort of been talking about it and, and thinking, well, maybe we just do kind of a quick engagement, like having a family and was really on our radar. And so we had been thinking that initially. And then March goes by and no proposal and April goes by and no proposal. I'm like, what's going on here? Because it was like January or something when we looked at rings and talked about it. And then so he actually told me, I like, I really tried not to talk about it and be that girl that was like, when are you going to propose? But I did have a kind of slip up one night. I was like, what's going on here? And so he told me that the ring was delayed. And anyway, I had to be a little bit more patient. So we did that and I knew he had something special planned and didn't want to do it like in our apartment not that there's you know anything wrong with that but he certainly didn't want that and so I sort of at that point just let it go anyway so then I mean yeah we both work in our dining room about six feet apart day in and day out and so it's a little bit hard to keep secrets I think yeah. in, this, in this environment so there were a few little like giveaways like one time I caught him sneaking out of the house with his laptop and he really didn't have a good reason. I was like, where are you going? Turns out he was going to get the ring. But anyway, so there were a few little things. But yeah, to get to the proposal, we headed up to wine country. We were members at a winery there and we had to go pick up our wine shipment. And so we had planned to do that. And he suggested that we spend the night, which we'd never done before. So I was like, oh, okay. Did that give you an inkling that like maybe... <laughs> a little yeah he's not the best liar which is a great quality but yeah I, I did have a little inkling that something could be coming but obviously you don't want to get your hopes up either so kind of tried to play it cool of course but yeah we, we got up there on the way up he was like oh I booked us a wine safari like a little tour of the vineyards in this old jeep that they have and so we hopped in that with our guide and we went to like parts of the the vineyard that we hadn't been before and we're just kind of hanging out, having some wine. And then we got to this sort of overlook point and we were taking some photos and then he, yeah, he got down on one knee and said some really nice things and asked me to be his wife. Did you black out on the things he said? Because I personally blacked out on what Julian said to me. <laughs> A little. I tried really hard to remember. And then actually right after, so we got engaged. We like popped a bottle of champagne, called our parents all up there. And then we went down to, we were staying on the property in some houses. And he was like, this house has a pool. Maybe we can sneak in later because I don't think anyone's staying here. I was like, okay. So we go to this pool and then four of our really close friends were there to surprise us. And they were staying at that house. So we all stayed at the vineyard for the weekend. And right when we got down, they were like, what did you say? And one of our friends actually recorded it. So Sam repeated a little bit of what he had said. And I had that on video, which is like really cute. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, good. So you were still surprised. There were moments of surprise. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the friends were Sam. like, yeah. Yeah. Sam needs to work on his lying game a little bit. Possibly, <laughs> possibly. Although I'm not mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. Julian was being super sneaky and he was like leaving the house, jumping in his car at random times and like driving around real quick, but coming back. And I was like, what are you doing? So I, I understand the whole sneaky vibe thing. Just know likely when the wedding comes and you're thinking about gifts for each other, sneaky vibes might come again. Good to know. That's cute. So did Sam ever share his original proposal game plan? He did. So he had actually always planned to propose at that winery. 
it's special to us. Actually, on one of the trips before I was living in San Francisco, it was, I think, the first winery we went to together. And there, there they had this really cool cave. And in the cave, there's a, a wine library. And I'd always joked that I wanted to throw a party in the wine library because it's just really cool. And so his original plan was to have it all in the wine library and to actually have our parents come down as well because our parents actually haven't met because of oh, no. COVID. Yeah. So instead it was friends, which ended up being so much fun. And we had dinner al fresco, which definitely can't complain about that. So yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. But that was his original plan. Yeah. Yeah. Have your parents met now virtually? No, virtually we did a Zoom call between the moms and then we'll probably do another one as well. But yeah, we've definitely talked about it. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. Just might be at the wedding, which is also perfect too. I mean, we yeah, I hope not. <laughs> rehearsal dinner at the very least. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Ideally before then. So did you ever have a dream wedding vision? Personally, I did not, but... um curious if you ever had a dream wedding vision I wouldn't say like dream wedding vision I there's a couple of little things that I always sort of thought I would want and then I guess as you go to people's weddings you kind of pick up little things you're like oh that's cool or I knew I wanted it outside I grew up playing the violin so I always wanted strings for the ceremony at least so like little things like that but nothing like totally visualized yeah. Did you envision your wedding being like a big party or would it be more small and intimate with family? We definitely pictured it like a big party, all our friends. I mean, I think because Sam grew up in Seattle, I grew up in Ottawa, Canada. I've lived all over. He's lived all over. And so it's very rare that we get to have a lot of people that are important to us, like in the same place around the same time. And so I think for us, like having that excuse to bring everyone together was going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that makes sense. How did you guys decide between, and I guess not San Francisco, if he's from Seattle, it might not necessarily be San Francisco, but I guess the US versus Canada on where to get married. Well, I I think I sort of made the argument that like I'm living in your country, so you can go get married in my country. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I just... I kind of wanted it to be in Canada. There's, yeah, like we're getting married in Kelowna, British Columbia, which is a beautiful part of the country and a lot of people don't get to see. So I also thought it would be great. And then maybe the selling point was when I told them it would also be in Canadian dollars. <laughs> so we'd have a little bit of savings there. A little more affordable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like where your mind's at. The wedding yeah. industry is quite expensive. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. I like to say there was a silver lining in this whole year because we were supposed to have a 150-person wedding and we saved a lot of money by doing a small... I don't know if it's quite an elopement because it was our family. There was nine of us, but a very intimate wedding. So that's my silver lining of it all is like, well, we did save some money. Totally. And would you would you do it differently now or do you feel like that's the way to go? I probably... If I had to do it again, I would do it small. I would probably do 50 people, have our wedding party there, have close family and friends. But it was really special. And people say you black out at your wedding because it's very overwhelming. So I actually, and so did Julian, we like had a moment where we remember everything <laughs> because it was just really intimate. So yeah, 
So you mentioned that you wanted to have a short engagement when we connected. And I'm curious what the reasoning was behind the short engagement. I think you had said that you guys wanted to start a family and so forth, but anything else? Yeah, we definitely had sort of starting a family on our mind. I'd seen short engagements work well. And I, I don't know, I guess I was just like, I think I can do this in a short amount of time. This is no no big deal. <laughs> Maybe I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But yeah, I kind of wanted that. I guess the other factor for us is I'm Canadian, I'm on a visa. And so there's always a little bit of uncertainty around that changing jobs isn't quite as easy as it would be. And so the the fact that like I would get a family green card through Sam was also I think a little bit part of it. That's a whole other story because it turns out <laughs> that's a really drawn out process in itself. We're not so concerned about that anymore. It's not just a snap of a finger. No, it's certainly not. But yeah, just kind of wanted to I think that the family was kind of the the driving force there, but decided to delay a little bit. Yeah. Nice. All right. So you got engaged during a pandemic. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was actually curious, like, are engagements going to happen this year? Because as somebody that was already engaged and just trying to like figure out how the heck am I going to plan this wedding? I was just curious how people who got engaged during the pandemic, that all works for them. So how did it feel planning a wedding knowing you already were in a pandemic? Yeah, well, I mean, I consider myself far more fortunate than many brides because it's not like I had something that I had to push. I kind of went into it eyes wide open. So I think I really count myself lucky for that and can't put myself in the same shoes as many of the brides that I'm sure will be on your podcast. There was a part of us that was like, are we crazy to even think about planning a wedding? Should we just not even bother and do this in 2022 or 2023 or God knows when? We had to do a pros and cons list and we talked a lot about it. And at the end of the day, we're like, this is like our ideal state. And so let's plan for ideal state. And then if we have to adjust, at least we kind of know what we're getting ourselves into. And we have the the ability to like have some foresight when it comes to vendor contracts and things like that. So, yeah. Have you started vendor contracts at all? Yeah. So we set our wedding date and picked our venue sight unseen because we couldn't travel to Canada. And we kind of also 2021 (laughs) is like the year of weddings because everyone from 2020 is pushed. So things are really tight as far as availability. And yeah, we sort of just had to jump on our venue. So we got to go see it on our trip to Canada recently, but booked it sight unseen to date. And yeah, we started talking to we have a photographer, we're, we're getting started on the vendor contract. So yeah. Do you feel like you're reading those contracts with a fine tooth comb, making sure you're covered due to COVID? Yeah, I think a lot of vendors have actually been pretty good about making. I mean, they all recognize the position that everyone is in. And so I actually have been like, fairly pleasantly surprised, I would say, as far as how those conversations have gone and how flexible they've been. Although no one's doing kind of force majeure full cancellation clauses anymore, but they have the transferability is something that everyone seems to be comfortable with. So hopefully it'll all work out. Yeah, definitely. And the date is August 28th, 2021. Fingers crossed. Very exciting. (laughs) All right. Let's stop there to talk about our sponsor, GiftPod. After the break, we'll talk to Joanna about how she's had to rank her guests for multiple wedding scenarios. 
As you know, Julian and I still managed to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. All right, we're back. So Joanna, do you have multiple versions of guest lists right now? We do. Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but so I'm like queen of spreadsheets. I'm very all about my wedding planning spreadsheet. So our guest list tab has five categories of guests. (laughs) That's amazing. So there's drop down and then each guest is absolutely critical, must have, great to have, nice to have. So definitely that's in place. Although I think what we're thinking at this point is that if we can't do it sort of exactly how we would want because our big concern is like the Canadian border may not be open with it if there's a restriction in place that says only 50 people it's probably likely that the border wouldn't be fully open or there would still be a quarantine in place or something like that so we're sort of thinking like it's either like the full plan or bust and we would just push it out to 2022 if we needed to okay just go from a short engagement plan to just yeah just way out (laughs) I mean (laughs) The world we're living in plans to be fluid. So true. Are you open to kind of reversing things around or not going in order? Because I know you mentioned you want to start a family. Would you guys consider saying the heck with it? Let's just have a kid. Yeah, that's kind of the idea at this point. Yeah, yeah. Things can't go as planned in 2021. Yeah, my girlfriend did that this year. And I was like, why not? If that's really what you guys were getting married to then go do, who cares about orders? I know. Yeah, I had a friend who did the same thing. And they were supposed to get married in August of last year, pushed it to August this year, and she's due in January. So they're going to have a seven-month-old at the wedding. And they're, they think it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it is so great. So... What made you want to push the wedding to 2021 versus just saying, let's just do something intimate with either eloping just the two of you or if you could get to Canada, which sounds like you can right now, just doing your families and and doing something up there? Yeah, well, I think a couple of things. My brother was supposed to get married in June of 2020, actually the day we got engaged, interestingly. It's very interesting. (laughs) I didn't plan it that way, but they had to push their wedding. And so I think part of it was like, we didn't feel good about like getting married before them. So that was one piece of it. And then I think the other piece is just, we didn't really think it was fair. We did talk about literally just going to city hall with like two friends, but because if we got married in Canada, Sam's parents couldn't be there. If we got married in the States, my parents couldn't be there. We just, 
we thought like a small wedding really wouldn't be fair because how would you then choose? And so we just decided to to do it how we wanted to do it and take a little bit more time with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you shopped for your wedding dress yet? I bought it on the weekend. No way. Congratulations. Thank you. That was nerve wracking too, because I was like, am I going to like this in 2022? If we do have to push, but again, we're just going for it. Assuming everything will be good. I mean, I'm encouraged by the new vaccine news, but yeah, just kind of going for it. So yeah, I have it. That's really exciting. And is the plan for you to still have bridesmaids and your husband have groomsmen? Are you guys doing that? We are. Yeah. Three aside. That was a conversation, but Sam wanted more, which I was fine with, but then he also wanted to be even. So anyway, I think we're going to do three aside, just keep it fairly small. Are you guys planning a bachelorette party in a bridal shower? How is that looking for you? Yeah, no is the short answer. Again, because I kind of have friends from Canada, friends from the States where we're not really feeling like bachelorette is all that doable at the moment. So just kind of holding on that one for now. If things clear up, I'd love to do it where my like ideal is a ski trip. So we'd have to kind of do it this winter too, which is, we will see. But if things are in a position where you can travel by like March or April, then we'll probably go for it. And if not, do something different another time. Yeah. I had my bachelorette, which was definitely nerve wracking, by the way, because it was kind of at a weird time to mandate people to COVID test. It just felt like an awkward ask. When was that? It was in July. Okay. And I, I don't know, I kind of, I think people were just like going both ways of not wanting to test or or in any ways. So, but I do feel like it's actually okay now to ask people to get COVID tested. But my husband, Julian, a lot of his friends actually are all first time fathers. So he canceled his bachelor party because, you know, want to make sure we keep all the new babies safe. But we've decided that he can have his bachelor party, even though we're married. So bachelor and bachelorette parties are a cool thing now after a wedding happens is my motto. I mean, why not? There are no rules anymore. Do you feel that way? I don't know about you, but I personally felt like when planning my wedding, I kind of had these boxes I wanted to check that almost were like very stereotypical that you see in a wedding or that you do for a wedding. And I just kind of felt like it all went out the window the moment this pandemic happened. Yeah, I feel like anything kind of goes and if we want to do it small or cut people or like, I, yeah, it, it does feel less, a little bit less pressure. I think there's still like the desire to have a wedding like the ones I've been to, right? Because that's kind of like your benchmark and that's what I guess I pictured, even though I didn't have the full vision, I definitely pictured like a large party. So Yeah, I I think it definitely takes the pressure off in some ways. But for me, I think I'm, I'm still a little bit more set on that traditional wedding. Yeah, I told Julian, I, I definitely had my roller coasters of emotion through this year, like the experience, the full experience, even from the pre celebrations of bachelorette and bridal showers. There were important people in my life that couldn't be there because they were pregnant or just feared of what could happen. And so I just felt like I got robbed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a weird time, like even dress shopping. Like I had this vision that I could go with like my future mother-in-law and my mom and like a bridesmaid and 
that kind of changed. I got to do a little bit in Canada, but then down here in San Francisco, like when I actually bought my dress, I could only have one guest and I had to wear a mask the whole time. Yeah. It's a little, it's definitely different and it's not how you you pictured going about your wedding, even like our tasting at the venue. You're like putting your mask on in between. But I will say like, I think human beings are, we're all pretty resilient. You can roll with the punches and it ends up being special anyway. I think there's just like something about getting married that doesn't really matter it's going to be special regardless so yeah I don't know if you felt that way yeah I think I envisioned a huge party with friends and family and I just wanted it to be really fun like that was like my goal but then when this all changed with the pandemic I was like what it really is about is Julian's family and my family coming together and that's what it turned out to be and so Although I personally had a vision, you know, having a rager, <laughs> it, it ended up being like different memories that I wasn't expecting that were so special that I wouldn't take back. So yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. So you mentioned your brother was supposed to get married in June. Obviously, they didn't have their wedding and Sam proposed on that day to you, not realizing that it was a day. How did that go down with your brother? Was he upset? Was he offended? I don't think so. I mean, he didn't say that to me. I felt a little awkward about it. I mean, we didn't tell them on that day. We kind of had our day and let them have their day. We had sent them out for dinner and had arranged some kind of special things with the restaurant. So I felt good that they had something to commemorate the day. And then we called them the next morning. Yeah, I don't think they were. I think it was just weird, but it's hard to be upset. But yeah, I do have a little bit of oh, you know, their wedding. So now they're getting married June 27th, 2021. Okay, so they literally pushed it exactly a year back. They pushed it exactly a year. And so that'll be like our like proposal anniversary and that'll be their wedding anniversary. So I don't know if that makes them uncomfortable, but anyway, it is what it is now. So That is too funny. So at least your brother didn't outwardly tell you he was upset that happened. No, I mean, he was fine with that. There were some things we had to address as we got into planning because with them getting married in 21 and then us wanting to get married in 21, we had to be a little bit sensitive of the timing there. Yep. I also can relate to you. My sister got married November 23rd last year and we got engaged before they even had their wedding date set. And so I was like, okay, when are you getting married? Because we're, we also want to plan, you know, it's, but it's, they were engaged first. So I got to like, want her to get married first. So it is one of those things that you kind of feel like you're like, okay, I'm going to just kind of tiptoe. Like, <laughs> I want to make sure you have your day. I don't want to rain on your parade. But when are you getting married? <laughs> right. Yeah. Lucky for me, I didn't really have to tiptoe because my brother was very direct about it. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I guess as the daughter, I, he sometimes may feel like I get my way <laughs> more. And so he felt like he needed to be clear that they needed to have their day and there should be a buffer. And so we sort of reluctantly agree. We were, I mean, we were thinking like end of summer. It's not like we want to get married the weekend after them. But they sort of said like, can you make it September onwards? So there's like a good buffer. And we were like, ooh, don't really like being told when to have our wedding. Right. <laughs> but I mean, we were able to hash it out. And I was kind of like, you know what, it's not worth it. Like we were thinking end of August anyway. So whatever, we'll just do September. And then we were looking into dates. And it was really only like Fridays and Sundays available. Because again, 2021 being like the year of the, the wedding at the venue that we wanted. And so 
we were like, okay, I guess we'll do a Friday. And then they had a Saturday cancellation on August 28th. And we I was like, but it's August. So we called my brother and future sister-in-law. We're like, so we have a date, it's not September, August 28th. How do you feel about this? And they were fine with it. So, yeah, that's yeah. pretty darn close to September yeah, pretty 1st. Close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how could you not? I mean, 2021 is just, I think every weekend is going to be a wedding. It doesn't matter what month it is. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I mean, everyone's kind of fighting their own battles for weddings right now. So I think it's hard to be too prescriptive or tightly wound with these things. You kind of just got to go with it. Although I'm not the one that was supposed to get married this year. So it's hard for me to say that, I guess. <laughs> roll with the punches, right? Just roll with the yeah, punches. Yeah. 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 When did your sister end up getting married? She got married November 23rd, 2019. So she got in right before the craze of the pandemic, which I'm so happy. And she, it was ironic. She wanted the small intimate wedding and I wanted the big wedding, but she felt the pressure. Her husband and her both have a lot of friends. And so I think they kind of felt like, well, we do want people to be there. So at the end of the day, I think they were happy they had a big wedding, but we, we laugh about it now because we had more of the elopement, which is what they envisioned for themselves. And, and, I wanted the party. So yeah, but it worked out. And I knew she was I was always going to plan for her to get married before me because they were engaged for like two and a half years. So I knew that they were going to get married before us. It was just more like, okay, once they had a date, it was just easy for us to make sure we gave them enough space and time before we planned ours and my parents pocketbook as well. So (laughs) right. Yes. I don't know if that really matters. (laughs) Yeah. So as you've been planning, have you ran into any roadblocks with the pandemic or has it felt pretty easy right now? Yeah. I mean, certainly picking a venue was hard without being able to be there in person. That was probably the biggest thing that was a very like obvious physical barrier. Like we could not go travel and visit these venues. But I mean, if this had been, I don't know, 20 years ago, there's no way. But now I feel like there's so much information online, so many photos, so much content. You can do FaceTime tours. It's just so we ended up getting over that. I don't know. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is I just I get nervous. Like I go through moments where I'm like, oh, my God, we're not gonna be able to have the wedding. And then I sort of disconnect. And I'm like, I don't want to book anything like I should we should just wait. And then I'm like, no, I actually have to book these things because they're booking up so crazy. Yeah. And that's actually probably been, honestly, the most like frustrating and hardest part. I get it. Like the wedding industry has been hit really hard this year. So they're all sort of counting on next year. The demand is like so, so high. So I feel like the power is definitely in the hands of vendors. And as far as negotiating or pushing for flexibility on contracts, even sometimes like our venue is pretty like they didn't budge an inch on anything we asked for. And at the end of the day, they're like, look, we have six other couples who want this date. So take it or leave it kind of thing. And I mean, they said it nicer than that. But that's probably been the hardest thing and most frustrating thing is just, yeah, I feel like there's very little flexibility from vendors. They're in the power seat. So yeah. Do you feel like well, given it sounds like it's hard to actually even get a vendor because they're in such high demand. So are you working with a wedding planner and are they kind of helping you like 
source these vendors? Yeah, we are not working with a wedding planner. I thought initially we would like fully. And I I started, that was probably the first thing I did. I started kind of interviewing wedding planners and meeting with them. And then when we found our venue, I kind of felt like maybe I could do it on my own because they do all the catering and all of the booze and the ceremony and venue and everything was all in one site. And they were really kind of helpful with lists of vendors that they tend to work with. And I don't know. I'm, I mentioned the spreadsheets. I'm, I'm definitely kind of a type A planning person. And so just decided to take it on myself, which I'm glad I'm doing because I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Some brides, that's the last thing they want to have to deal with. So. Right. Yeah. And there's part of it like things like it would be pretty nice just to show up, but it's fun. And we are going to have a day of coordinator. I, I feel like that's pretty critical. Yeah, because I'm like, who else would be running around making sure everything's tidy? Yeah, exactly. You don't want your mom having to do that or something like that. No, that will probably stress your mother out for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And actually, almost all the venues I talked to required that either a full planner or at minimum a day of. They weren't really willing to like have you just show up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Joanna, I like to ask every bride this one question. What is the one thing you've learned or valued through the constant changes you've experienced while trying to plan your wedding? I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is just like my fiance. At the end of the day, it's we're going to be married and that's what matters. Yay, Sam. Yay, Sam. Sam. Yeah, although I will say he's not been very involved in the wedding planning, (laughs) but I'm going to give him the honeymoon. So, Ooh, what's honeymoon plans? I don't know. I guess we'll have to ask him. Yeah. (laughs) We've talked about a few different things. Lake Como was always the the idea. But anyway, we'll see what happens. See what kind of state the world is in as well. Yeah. It's kind of like your wedding planning where you're going to have different guest lists based off of how many people you can have. Well, you're going to have like different game plans for your honeymoon, probably. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. It was so great to hear your story. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for listening and sharing a little bit too. And it's, I think, important to know that we're not alone in this weird time. Yeah, definitely not alone. And we'll probably have to have you back on the podcast come 2021 because I am curious like what's going to happen just given how much had changed this year. So you'll have to keep us up to date. And who knows, you might have a baby at some point. So (laughs) yes, who knows, we might have a little flower girl or ring bear. I love it. We'll see. Great. Well, congrats again and good luck with your planning. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to Have Been is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.